on the eve of Hitler's rise to the position of Chancellor of Germany, Dietrich Bonhoeffer preached a sermon on Christ calming the storm. He said this in his sermon by way of illustration. Let us say there is a ship on the high sea having a fierce struggle with the waves. The storm is blowing harder by the minute, and the boat is small, tossed about like a toy. The sky is dark, and the sailor's strength is failing. And then one of them is gripped. By whom? By what? He cannot tell himself. But someone is there in the boat that wasn't there before. Someone comes close to him and lays a cold hand on his arms and he pulls, as he pulls wildly at his oar. The sailor feels his muscles freeze, feels the strength go out of them, and suddenly a wave overwhelms him. And in final desperation he shrieks, Stranger in this boat, who are you? And the other answers, I am fear. And now the cry goes up from the whole crew. Fear is in the boat. All arms are frozen and drop their oars. All hope is lost. Fear is in the boat. It seems to me that we live in an age of heightened fear and anxiety. Now, do we have more to be afraid of than previous generations? No, I don't think so. Each generation faces its own fears. However, I do believe our fear is quite acute. And the ever-present, 24-7, ever-connected news cycle certainly ramps up our anxiety. And so we have a showdown with North Korea. We have Horrid white supremacists marching with torches in Charlottesville. We have ISIS. I think it says something that ISIS is third on the list this morning. Locally, we have a court ruling that may and is very likely to lead to the loss of our property here at the church. Personally, many of us are facing financial troubles, failing Marriages, rebellious children, sickness, and even death. I'd say that for many of us, fear is in the boat. What are we to do? What shall we do? We're going to take a look this morning at Matthew chapter 14, beginning at verse 22. Um, I strongly encourage you to follow along in your Bibles, if you have one, or your Bible app on your phone. Matthew chapter 14, beginning at verse 22, this great story of Jesus walking on water and calming the storm. And we're going to consider the relationship between fear and the God who commands the wind and the waves. And what we'll see is that in our fear, Jesus comes to us and he invites total dependence and unbridled worship. In our fear, Jesus comes to us and invites total dependence and unbridled worship. 
Well, we set the scene for a moment. Jesus has just finished one of his um, feeding miracles, the multiplication of food. He, he fed probably about 8,000 total people. Scripture says 5,000 men, so at least eight to 10,000 total people. He fed them all with something like, depending on the story, um, two, loaves of, two fish and five loaves of bread. He fed them all. And at the end of that, the crowds are hanging around, and Jesus turns to his disciples, and we we see it right there in verse 22. He made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. We'll see it wasn't evening quite yet, so what, we're saying 4 or 5 p.m. Verse 23, after he had dismissed the crowds, Jesus went up on the mountain by himself to pray. To be re-nourished and refreshed and sent out in ministry. He goes up to pray. And this was now the evening. And by this time, verse 24, the boat was a long way from land. They'd been rowing for some time. In a storm, no less. It was beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And then in verse 25, we go on. In the fourth watch of the night, Jesus came to the disciples. So remember what time they started. We're saying 4 p.m., 5 p.m. When is the fourth watch? It's between 3 and 6 a.m. They've been rowing for at least nine hours, if not closer to 12. Into the waves, into the wind, beaten down, broken, still quite a long distance from shore. And they look up. And they saw Jesus walking. Well, we know it was Jesus because we've got Matthew telling us it was Jesus, but the disciples didn't. And so they look up and they say, look, it's a ghost. It's a spirit. It's it's Satan coming to doom our ship. And they cry out in fear. They cry out in fear. So the first point that I want us to, to remember this morning is this. When fear is in the boat, Jesus comes to his disciples. Jesus comes to his disciples. The disciples don't go to Jesus. You see that? Jesus comes to them. So who is this Jesus that is coming to the disciples when their fear is in the boat? Well, one thing about him is this Jesus is the Son of God. A couple of observations. Look at verse uh, 27. So the disciples cry out in fear, and Jesus immediately spoke to them, saying, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. It is I. Ego ami, in Greek. I am. Take heart, I am. Do you remember in Exodus, when Moses asked God, he says, well, what's, the, what's your name? Who am I going to tell the Israelites that is sending me to rescue them? What, what's your name, God? And, and God responds to him, tell them, I am sent you. I am. I am is walking on the water. I am is coming to his disciples. And then once we get to the end of the story, we see Jesus getting into the boat, and immediately the wind and the waves die down. Who is this that can control the wind and the waves? This is a a realm reserved for God alone. And so this Jesus coming to his disciples is the great I am, is, is God himself incarnate as a man. This Jesus who comes to the disciples 
um, also invites these disciples to walk with him, right? And so when Peter realizes Jesus, he, he answers him. He says, Lord, verse 28, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. In the midst of the deepest and darkest fears that these men could possibly have, Jesus is saying, come to me. I am coming to you, now you come and walk with me. Come close to me and trust me. That's our invitation, friends, when fear's in the boat, that we would walk with Jesus. So finally, this Jesus who comes to us in our fear is also merciful when we have doubts. So Peter steps out into the water. That's pretty brave. And he walks. That's even braver. He's away from the boat now. Verse 30. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to them, saying to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? Why did you doubt? This is a graceful and merciful response. First, he he saves him, okay? And then he, he says, why did you doubt, Peter? You can trust me. You can trust me. And, and implied and, and implicit in this, this gentle rebuke is, to me, an understanding of you'll see. You'll see. You'll see what real trust looks like, Peter. It's a merciful response to a disciple who is faithless and afraid. And so when fear is in the boat, Jesus comes to his disciples. He's, he's God. He's the Son of God. And he wants us to walk with him, and he is merciful when we doubt. Second thing to consider then is how does a fearful disciple respond when Jesus comes to him, when Jesus gets in the boat? Well, the first one is complete and utter, utter dependence. We've seen this in Peter, right? Peter is sinking He's far from the boat. He's in the midst of this storm. He, he was walking on water, and he realizes that that's not something he's supposed to be able to do, and he's sinking, and he cries out, Lord, save me. The last desperate call of a drowning man. Friends, we are drowning in fear, in sin, in shame. And there's only one call that can save us. Lord, save me. Don't, nothing like, Lord, save me because, or Lord, save me and I will do this. It's just, Lord, save me. I have nothing. I'm completely and utterly dependent on you. And so when we're afraid, we, we turn to Jesus, we're dependent on him, and and, and here's a challenging one. In, our, in the midst of our fear, we worship Jesus, right? And so Jesus gets in the boat, and the wind and waves calm down, and these disciples look at him, and they worship him, and they say, truly, you are the Son of God. How much power is there in an alleluia that comes from the depths of our despair and our fear? When our worst fears are coming true, what if we cried out to God, Alleluia? 
That's our call, disciples, that we would worship God in the storm. So two things I want you to to take home. When fear is in your boat, what can you do? It's a very cliche answer. Get ready for a cliche point. Turn to Christ. It's obvious. You know I'm going to say that. But, but we don't do it, right? If it's so cliche and so obvious and we say, yes, when we're afraid we should turn to Jesus, why don't we do it? Too often we, own, we turn to our own failing oars and our tattered sails. And we latch ourselves to worldly possessions. We numb our fear, right, with alcohol or lust or distractions. Sometimes we're so afraid it's just easier to get busy doing lots of different things rather than turning to Christ. But friend, make no mistake. These things cannot save you. It might numb the fear and might distract you from the fear, but the fear will be there nonetheless when you wake up in the morning. And it'll be worse. And you'll be father from Christ. The only thing that can save us from fear is the cross of Christ itself. The man who took our sin so that we might live eternally is the solution to our fear. Because ultimately, the one thing we're all afraid of is death. And if death has no power and no dominion because the crucified Christ has been raised and invited us to be raised from the dead with him, if death has no dominion over us, who are we to fear? If Christ is for us, who can be against us? There is no fear in Christ. And so may we turn to him when we're afraid. And what then when Jesus actually gets in the boat? The second point I want you to bring home with you. When Jesus is in the boat, you should expect the storm to come. You should expect the storm to come. Um, um, I've just finished building a little patio in our backyard. It's beautiful. Trip, you can come see it. Any of y'all, y'all come see it. <laughs> Not all at once, please. But I'm very proud of my patio. But it's stone, and there's the sand that you put in it. Some of you might know about this. When you put the sand in it, and you get it wet, and it hardens up, and it kind of holds everything in place. And it's really great, except it's very particular. You, if you give it too little water, it won't work. But if you give it too much water, it won't work either. And it says, don't let it get wet after you get it set. After you wet it yourself, don't let it get wet for 72 hours. Yeah. Good luck. And I called him. I said, I live in South Carolina. What do we expect every day at 3 p.m.? A storm. We expect the storm. When Christ is in your boat, you should expect the storm to come. And so I'll close with, back to Bonhoeffer, how he closed his sermon. When Christ is in the boat, a storm always comes up. The world tries with all its evil powers to get hold of him, to destroy him along with his disciples. It hates him and rises up against him. Christians surely know this. No one has to go through so much anxiety and fear as do Christians. But this does not surprise us since Christ is the crucified one. 
And there is no way to life for a Christian without being crucified. So we will suffer and we will make our way through life together with Christ, always looking to him who is with us in the boat and can soon stand up and rebuke the sea so that it becomes calm.